The Sacred Changemakers podcast is supported by Coaches Business School, helping the world's most caring coaches build a purpose-driven and profitable business that makes a meaningful impact in our world. Check out their unique frameworks and methods to help you transform and grow your business. Now is the time to build a bridge from what you want in life to include what the world needs. You can do well in business and do good, and together we can make a meaningful difference. Find out more at coachesbusinessschool.com. Hey there, and welcome back to the Sacred Changemakers podcast. Now, we have a different kind of guest with us on the podcast today, and our conversation speaks directly to a challenge that many of us face in business, and that is capturing attention in an increasingly noisy marketplace. I often hear from colleagues and changemakers how hard it is today to stand out from the crowd. They have questions like, you know, how can I rise above all the noise and, and the messaging from my competitors so that my potential clients notice me and know that I exist and can actually hear my message? Now, our guest today knows the answer to this, as you're going to hear. In fact, this is her zone of genius. And I think that there's a lot that we can learn from her. Alexandra Watkins is a leading and outspoken authority on brand names with Buzz. For nearly 20 years, she and her naming firm, Eat My Words, have created love at first sight brand names for countless companies, including Amazon, Coca-Cola, Disney, Twitter, and Google. Her breakthrough creativity book called Hello, My Name is Awesome, how to Create Brand Names That Stick, was named a top 10 marketing book by Inc. Magazine. I mean, doesn't that title just want make you want to read it? <laughs> so her personal name hall of fame includes the Wendy's Baconator, Nito Robotic Vacuum, Burger King's Mac and Cheetos, Spanish Language School, Gringo Lingo, and Frozen Yogurt franchise Spoon Me. Now, in today's conversation and dialogue, we are talking through Alexandra's expertise on what is a really good name and what can it do for your business? How can it be like the soul of your brand and actually not just tell people what it is that you do, but also tell them something about you and your deeper presence in the marketplace? And I have to tell you, I giggled through a lot of this conversation because she is really good at what she does. And some of the names that she's come up with are just so incredibly lighthearted and funny without being cliche or cheesy in any way at all. But you don't need to take my word for it. Listen to everything she generously shares with us so that you too can create a name that captures attention and cuts to the very soul of what it is that you stand for in the market. And with that, it's my pleasure to introduce you to Alexandra Watkins and her brand name, Eat My Words. Hey, Alexandra, welcome to the Sacred Changemakers podcast. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Thank you, Jane. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, me too. You have such an incredible business doing such powerful work. I can't wait to kind of dive into what it is that you do so all of our listeners can benefit from your, just your genius in this space. But before we get into that, what I'd really like to do is, you know, 
Our listeners have just heard your professional bio, so I'd love for you to just walk us through, give us a sense of who's the real-life human behind the bio. Who is she? Well, I consider myself to be wildly curious and creative, and that has served me well. I like to have fun. I love color. Right now, I'm sitting in my pool house in San Diego, which I have transformed into a really fun office. I'm looking out at my pool. I have two giant pink flamingos floating around. Their names are Maui, Maui and Wowie. And, you know, I believe that people miss out on a huge opportunity to have a good time at work. And I'm all about having fun. That sounds great. That really does. And uh, I actually saw those two flamingos, I think, on your website, which was just, I mean, it's like you've created this world that you invite people into in your business. So how did you get here? I mean, you know, what is it that brought you into this, this unique space that you completely own, my friend? <laughs> oh, thank you. I was, for years and years, I was an advertising copywriter writing ads. And every once in a while, I would get thrown a bone and get to name something. And <laughs> I didn't know that naming was a profession. I just thought it was, you know, something I got to do once in a while. And when I discovered that naming was a profession, I realized it was part of branding, not advertising. Those two worlds never intersected back in the day. So I switched gears and decided to become a namer and told people I'm a professional namer. And I named a couple little things, but uh, I had to pretty much start over and just start building my business from, from scratch, making all new contacts. LinkedIn built my business, but I just, I knew I could do it because I loved it. And right. I, I think, you know, they say, yeah, find your passion, the money will follow. And not everybody believes that. But in my case, I did believe it and I, I made it work. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I think you're speaking to something there that is very often undervalued. And, and that is the power of a name, you know. And, you know, for our audience as, as change makers, I think that's something that we often kind of overlook in a way. And yet there's a real transformational power behind it, isn't there? So tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Well, if you think of your own personal name, right? So your name doesn't, let's say you wanted to name your business and currently you are using your own name. I'm going to talk about, I'll give you an example of someone whose business we transform just by giving them a name. She was a publicist named Lynette Hoy, but her name doesn't say that, you know, says nothing that she's a publicist, doesn't express anything about her fiery personality or how relentless she is. So we rebranded her Fire Talker PR, Wow. And suddenly it's transformed her, right? Like it says something about her. Her tagline is hot on the press. So that speaks to her <laughs> being relentless. Um, her, uh, she, ha she calls herself the fire chief. So suddenly she's elevated, right? She works in, in the firehouse. So anybody can, can give themselves a creative title, give themselves a creative um, headquarters name. Um, she has packages like Controlled Burn and Firestarter. <laughs> she has a theme song. And this is another great thing you can do when you have a name that lends itself to a theme, like Lynette does with Fire Talker, you can have a, a theme song. So her theme song is Fire by the Ohio <laughs> Players, and she can crank that up before a speaking engagement, 
before she does a webinar, she can have it on her hold music, whatever she does, but it's just a way to get people, pardon the pun, fired up for her. So as just Lynette Hoy publicist, she's missing all of that. But now with a theme and a name and a tagline, she's got the whole package and it has completely transformed her. Yeah. You know, and as you're talking there, Alexandra, I'm really getting this sense that, and it's it's really interesting because I personally work a lot with energy and vibration. And I, I think a lot about conscious language, right? And the energy. And, you know, as change makers, we're always looking for words that will help move people. But it sounds like as you're talking about your client there, there's something very intimate about a name, isn't there? It's like an identity, but it's also at a very deep kind of soul level. It's not just this veneer of, you know, my name's Jane and that doesn't really tell you anything. But then when you encapsulate your personality and and I would say your soul, then you're starting to speak to people in a way that they can hear you. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Jane, you're the one that put this phrase in my head. I wrote it down. Your name, <laughs> your name is the soul of your brand. It really, it really, right. it, it really can be. And it can say so much about you. And so when we're helping people come up with names, one of the things that we ask them to tell us is what's the personality that you want to express? Because right. that's the first way, because your own name, again, back to your name, it doesn't say anything about your personality. Alexander mm-hmm. Watkins, you would not know that I was fun and playful and creative, nothing. Um, but suddenly with my business name, Eat My Words, that says, <laughs> oh, she looks, she's fun. She ha- seems like she, she, like she might be somebody I'd want to work with. And then, of course, Eat My Words. Um, I named the company Eat My Words because we started out naming things that make people fat and drunk, like the Wendy <laughs> Baconator. like that makes people laugh right so you're now connecting with me like you wouldn't be like like when you have a name it lets you tell a story too especially if you have a clever name and you can make a fun story behind it um so yeah when you have when you have your name as the soul of your company everything comes out of that name Mm -hmm. one that I loved was uh frozen yogurt franchise that Uh, back in the day, we named it Spoon Me. And Spoon Me speaks volumes, right? It's, it's, it's play, again, playful, fun, people wanted to buy the t-shirt. And they, you know, they extended that name so much. So before they opened a new location, instead of the sign saying coming soon, it said spooning soon. (laughs) And on their signs on their doors, you know, we've all seen no shirt, no shoes, no service. Yeah. Yeah. Their sign said, no shirt, no shoes, no spoon. <laughs> and the locations in Utah, which, uh, you know, Utah is, is a, a Mormon LDS, very heavily LDS state. Um, not a lot of things are open on Sunday. Their Utah store sign said, no spooning on Sunday. <laughs> like they really had fun with it. Like they're being self-deprecating, right? And that was a great thing with the name. They were okay being self-deprecating. Yes. And uh, one of my favorite stories is uh, I was giving a, I was doing a speaking engagement one time to uh, authors. We all have the same publisher. And one of the guys in the audience came up to me afterwards after hearing the Spoon Me story and said, you're not going to believe this, but I went to BYU and 
I really like this girl, Kim, and I wanted to move her out of the friend zone into the, he didn't say fun zone, but you get what <laughs> I mean. You get what I mean. He wanted to date her, but he didn't know how to give her the clue, get make her get a hint. So he brought her to spoon me on a date <gasps> and she got the hint and now they're married and have kids and everything, <laughs> but like, yeah, I have a new friend and he told me that he, he went to BYU and he said, uh, he said, everyone, all that we all went there in college. Like he said, you know, the girls would go there every other day. And that that's the sign of a name that's a magnet, you know, so that's what you're creating with a name. You know, you've, you know, you're, you've got the embodiment of the soul of your company and then you're creating something magnetic and uh, that yeah. speaks volumes for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that because look, look, just with the, who would have thought that with just a name, you could like change someone's life. He's now married to her. That's phenomenal. You know, if they were just called, you know, what's it yogurt company, it probably would never have happened in the same way. So I love that connection because it speaks to a real I don't know. It's almost like a, it's not just about attracting clients. I don't feel it's almost like people feel they belong. I, I don't know. That's what I'm getting a sense of yeah. as you're speaking. There's like a belonging. I want to be part of this brand. I, I want to be with this identity because I can see myself in it. Is that part of it? Intentionally? Yeah, yes. Yes. That's yes. Excuse me. You're very intuitive, which I'm sure you are. <laughs> But um, an example of that is a bank came to us. They were more than 100 years old. They were an award-winning regional bank uh, called First National Bank of Syracuse. But they weren't in Syracuse, New York. They were in Syracuse, Kansas. So the name was confusing. And outside of Syracuse, Kansas, if someone in, you know, Garden City, Kansas, saw First National Bank of Syracuse, why wouldn't they think it was a New York bank? You know, that's the bigger Syracuse. So they had a tagline, making dreams come true. And that is what, that was what they were all about. Helping people and mainly people that worked in the agriculture business or big, you know, Mm. families, generation after generation of farmers and ranchers, helping, helping them make their dreams come true. So we use that to fuel our creativity. And the new name is now Dream First. Mm, Dream First Bank. Yeah. Wow. That gives a whole different presence in the marketplace Mm -hmm. than what you're describing. And it feels so different for a bank to have a name like that. Mm -hmm. Because it's aspirational, isn't it? And inspirational. Oh, yeah. wow. You see, I think I really think we're onto something with this being the soul yeah, <laughs> of, no, I of your too. brand. I think that's quite yeah. phenomenal. So, <clears throat> so let me ask you, because we have a lot of like change makers and, and, you know, like business owners in their own right listening to this. So if they're out there and going, well, that's really clever. Like, where do they begin to start to think about their own brand? And what are the mistakes that you see people making? The, great question. There's, yeah, it is hard to begin when you have a blank sheet, a blank slate, blank sheet of paper. Um, yeah, we were, you know, you can just look at that and not even know. So I have a process for people, a step-by-step process. Yeah. The first thing that I recommend everybody do is fill out your roadmap. And that's what I call a creative brief. 
Um, you can get that if you, it's, it's in my book. Uh, yeah. It's in my course. And then of course, if you work with me, you'll get one there as well. But the creative brief lets you put in all the ingredients that you want in your name. So it could be, like I said, the personality, um, who's your target audience? What, um, what are some consumer insights? What are some things you know about your customers that you, you want to keep in mind? What are, um, what's an acid test for using your name in a sentence? Everyone can start there without a creator brief. Use in a, in a sentence. Um, what are some desired brand experiences you want people to feel when they come in contact with you or experience when they come in contact with your name? So that's a good place to start. And what, how I tell people to brainstorm is fill out your creator brief, then take words from your creator brief. And use those to start brainstorming. And I'm not saying the words need to be in your name. They just need to be a catalyst to come up with ideas. So for instance, when we were naming Spoon Me, a word that I played around with a lot was cold. I didn't want necessarily want cold in the name. I mean, we looked at some like cold hearted, uh, cold comfort, things like that. But I was just looking for ideating around the word cold. So for instance, I went to a thesaurus, I looked up cold and I saw the word uh, Siberia. And I'm like, that could be a really fun name for a frozen yogurt store because you could say, mom, I'll be back after dinner. I'm going to Siberia, you know, like, like fun, have fun with it. So uh, that's one way that I, I come up with names is, but having a creative brief is going to be all the ingredients plus some words that can act as catalysts to help you get to that those those help you get ideas when you're brainstorming. Um, when you are brainstorming, I suggest that people do it on their own instead of trying to meet as a group. When you meet as a group, what happens are the people with the loudest voices are and the most extroverted ones are the ones that stand out. And then people that might be a little more shy, maybe they don't express what ideas they're thinking of because they don't want to be shot down or they're just not that gregarious. So the better idea is to have people come up with names in advance and then all get together. But more than that is to have some brainstorming techniques and we can talk about some of those, but also have a criteria because otherwise people are just looking at names, not knowing why a name is good and why a name isn't good. And maybe, and, and so they're making a decision without any any way to filter those names other than their personal filter, which isn't a good idea because that's too, objective, too subjective. You need an objective filter. So I created a 12 point name evaluation test. It's called the Smile and Scratch Test. And it's based on my philosophy that a name should make you smile instead of scratch your head. So yeah. smile is an acronym for the five qualities that make a name great. Scratch is an acronym for the seven deal breakers and when to scratch it off your list because it makes you scratch your head. I love that. And just the just the name of it makes you want to go and like, you know, kind of look it up. And everything's in the show notes if you're listening to this. Um, all the links for uh, Alexandra's uh, test and also for her book, which is Hello, My Name is Awesome, that I can definitely recommend, is in there as well. But I wonder, Alexandra, would you be willing to just walk us through like 
you know, what are the criteria for your smile and scratch test? I mean, what are we, what are you looking for that makes it this objective process that actually gives you an ideal outcome at the end? And not like you say, a subjective one, because I think that's where a lot of us land. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And a lot of people get stuck in what, what do they think? What do their friends think? But that's not the, that's, you know, asking someone, what do you think of this name? No one ever hears here's what you say that way. What they hear is what don't you like about it? And asking someone's opinion is an invitation to criticize. So it's better just to use something objective like the smile and scratch test. So uh, the S in smile stands for suggestive. You want your name to suggest something about what your your brand is or does, something positive. Um, uh, Suggestive names can often be metaphors. So for instance, Amazon is a metaphor for something enormous. And that's what Jeff Bezos was going for. Uh, so that uh, if you were naming, um, I was recently naming a s- athletic equipment company in Switzerland. And so I was looking at metaphors for things that are strong. So, or I might look, you know, if I was looking for something that was fierce, I might look up birds of prey. So I'm trying to make those parallels. So that's what suggestive is. Then, or um, a great suggest, suggestive name is the bike lock company, Kryptonite, because we all know Kryptonite repels Superman. So we are going to make the association that Kryptonite would repel bike thieves as well, if, if a Kryptonite lock would. So that is suggestive. The M in smile stands for memorable. And everyone always says, I want a memorable name, but most people can't can't articulate what memorable is. So I will tell you, memorable means we already have an existing association with it in our knowledge base. So it's something we're already familiar with. Kryptonite, back to that. We already know what kryptonite is versus if if the name was some new, new foreign word or a jumble of random letters that was foreign to us, then that wouldn't be memorable because it, we wouldn't have anything in our brain to latch onto. Like I know that. So if you think of Groupon, like we already know group and we know coupon, coupon. So we're able to put those two together. Oh, it's a group coupon, which is how they started out. So that's why I really encourage people when they're coming up with names, use something familiar, but you can give it a twist. We named a, a GPS for dogs retriever. So we all know what a retriever is. We just put it, we just now suddenly we put a new twist on what it is. So or the robotic vacuum Neato, right? Like we all know the word Neato and like, here's something Neato. It's a back, it's a robotic vacuum that cleans your, that vacuums your house for you. So uh, that's, that's important. And then the I in smile stands for imagery. We'll go back to retriever on that one or kryptonite, things we can picture in our head. Um, People remember images much more easily than they can recall random, uh, you know, jumbles of letters or just unfamiliar words. The L in smile stands for legs. This is one of my favorites. And I know you have a lot of coaches and consultants that listen to your podcast. So I'm going to tell you the name of a coach that I love. So she coaches coaches uh, and she's a sales coach. And she, I've done some work with her and she is not, she is not for, she's not for the faint of heart. Um, I should say she's, uh, 
if you're a sales wuss, um, she's going to turn, she's going to turn <laughs> you in, she's going to toughen you up. And she, she actually came up with her name by reading my book. And it's my favorite name of anyone who's ever read my book. That's told me what name they came up with. And she calls herself the yes mistress. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So after she came up with the yes mistress, she came back to me and said, Hey, can you help me come up with some names that I can extend my brand with? So that's the L in smile legs. So mm -hmm. here's how, here's how legs work. So she calls her boot camp the dominating sales boot camp, right? <laughs> so they've got the dominatrix in there. Um, she, I named her, she does a, a daily um, text to her clients that they can sign up for. And that's called daily discipline. Then um, she just did a business summit and she called it the mean business, the mean business summit because she means business. And then of course, dominatrix being mean. <laughs> so yeah, so that's, uh, that's how you can have a lot of fun. And you heard about it with fire talker PR too, the great mm -hmm. legs on that name. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I mean, is it easy for you to come up with these things? Because it sounds like they just trip off your tongue, these like smart, intelligent, incredibly unique, like names. <laughs> Sometimes they do. Like I remember one time, one of my favorite, like I know the name, like uh, like yeah. I'm a circus animal, I can perform on <laughs> command. Like uh, I was naming these uh the Hotel Vitali in San Francisco did was like the hipster hotel and they wanted more wedding business and they wanted cool names for their wedding offerings because they just had, you know, like the uh, the post wedding brunch was called the post wedding brunch. Mm -hmm. And so I said they wanted a, a hip, cool name. And I said, what do people drink at brunches, wedding brunches? And she said, Bloody Marys. And I said, like over the phone, that's your name, Bloody Married. You know, <laughs> so that that became the name. And then the the rehearsal dinner, which was called Rehearsal Dinner, became Meet the Parents. And <laughs> we named the oh, the post-reception bar rental became Last Call for Alcohol. And then even the, you know, when you go to an event at a hotel and you ask for the guest rate. So that's not very exciting, right? And we wanted to make it cool. So we named the guest rate, the entourage rate. <laughs> because it makes you feel good, right? Yes, that's right. It makes right. you feel good. And, you know, all of these names were just in a binder. They were just, right. you know, a, a, a bride and groom would come tour the property. And then they would be taken downstairs to flip through the notebook of all the, you know, and menus and all of that. And when they got to the notebook, they were just boring listings, you know, oh, you can get a have, sign up for rehearsal dinner. But once we gave them these fun names, like meet the parents, suddenly that became very, because, you know, I'm sure planning a yeah. wedding can be like uh, excruciating yeah. and a time suck <laughs> and, you know, expensive and stress-free and bridezilla and all that. Yeah. But like here we added some levity to it, you know, meet yeah. the parents and the, the co-ed bridal shower became shower together. So suddenly we added levity and all we did was change the names in, in a binder. And just by doing that, their sales went up by 25%. But it's like, you know, when I think of like 
language. These are words that move people because like, you know, like I said before, it's like, I want that. Like I want a piece of that. And if I'm, if I'm going to that hip hotel and I'm going for a reason, I don't want the same old, same old. I want to be the person that invites my guests into this I don't, it's almost like an experience, isn't it? That you're designing here with people. It's, I'm going to say it's not just a name. It really isn't. Or it doesn't feel that way to me as you're speaking. It really doesn't. Thank you. No, I think the name can take on a life of its own. And yeah, especially when, when people start wearing it on a t-shirt, yes. you know, then suddenly like, oh, that's a, that's a brand. Yes. Yeah. And when people are talking about you and choosing your brand over somebody else's brand, just because they like the name better. And that happens. Uh, there's a, a a story in my book about uh, me being attacked in the middle of the night by a mosquito, a <laughs> relentless mosquito. And so I got up at, you know, two in the morning to go on Amazon to find, you know, put myself <laughs> out of my misery. And I found these electronic bug zappers. And ironically, they're shaped like squash rackets. And they all look the same and they all have kind of the names are like, you know, bug zap quick and <laughs> electo is one of them. And the one I saw that I, I loved was called the executioner. And it's like, <laughs> that made such a strong connection. Right. Right. And we were talking about this, making that connection and that emotional connection, you know, let's yeah. go, we'll just move right into the E on smile, emotional connection, that name, the executioner. I'm like, I want that. It cost a couple dollars more. I, and it was nearly identical. I didn't care. I wanted yeah. that product because I love the name. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there's another side of me here as you're, as you're saying that where I'm thinking like, we're really quite simplistic beings as humans, aren't we? Like, you know, it's a little bit like, I, I, you know, I think of watching the Disney movies with my kids as they were growing up. They're all adults now, but as they're growing up and like, you know, I think it's in the movie Up where the dog's just like going squirrel like this, but it feels a little bit like that. If you have a great name, like, of course, it's going to attract like engagement is going to attract and it's also going to cut through the noise in the marketplace surely mm. is that what it does yeah that's exactly what it does yeah it really helps you stand out and a good a good way to think about that is you know look at a, a we always have um when we have clients fill out our brief we always have them list their competitors and then i tell them to imagine their name in that list because you can see how a breakthrough name would just stand out. I mean, it's the difference between a spoon me and every Pinkberry knockoff name there is. Right. Coolberry, Blissberry, Yoberry, Newberry. Like there's so many, but like spoon me, it just stands yeah. out. So yeah, that's what a name can help you do because so many times people blend into the background, but if you have an arresting name, it can help you stand out differentiate you and elevate your brand yeah so I've got to ask you this right <laughs> what's the fate what's your favorite because you've named so many awesome things right do you have a favorite well I that stands a out yeah a favorite name that I have come up with gosh um I usually say spoony for that one but there's definitely 
some more, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you my favorite brand name ever is for a bike pump. Bike bike companies have really fun names. And so it's an air pump to pump up your tires and it's called Joe Blow. That's great. <laughs> is it the best? Is it the best? And look up names of bike pumps. They're really boring. Yeah. You know, but like, like I remember the first time I saw it, I was on a date with a guy and there was something rattling around in his trunk. And it was like a second date. And I was like, what's it, you know, like kind of making a joke about it. Like, do you have a dead body in your trunk? And he's <laughs> like, no. And he opened the trunk and I saw the Joe Bo Blow Bike Pump. And I was like, this is the greatest name I have ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when you look out into the marketplace, what are the names that just make you go, ugh, like seriously? Well, a lot of times and those I, I can talk about some of those if we go through Scratch and like Yeah, let's do that. Okay, yes, do please that. do. Okay. Okay. So Scratch is again, it's an it's an acronym for when a name makes you scratch your head, scratch it off the list. These are all problematic. So if you are evaluating your name and you say, oh, I only have one, it, trust me, it will come back to bite you. I've heard all the stories. And when a lot of times we rename things for people that had trouble with the first name that they came up with and they're, they just start to realize, you know, this was a bad idea. So the S in smile stands for, or in scratch stands for spelling challenge. And this is really easy to remember. If your name looks like a typo, scratch it off the list. Right. right. So um, a lot of people spell names with um, missing letters or they'll replace, you know, a C for a K. And, and the studies have now, now shown that like people, there's a study in the Harvard Business Review recently about how consumers have less trust for names that are spelled wrong mm -hmm. or in a weird way. So I, I encourage you to spell your name the way it sounds. The reason that people do that is they're trying to get an available domain name. Right. But you're going to just frustrate people. And no one wants to be frustrated by your name. Your name should always be like a like a welcome mat, you know, making it easy instead of a do not enter sign. And yeah. when you're starting out with a blank slate, don't give yourself any disadvantages, right? You want a clean name. So the first C in smile stands for copycat. And that's, you know, why be somebody else when you can be yourself? So a copycat name is, you know, a name is a copycat when you see it and you roll your eyes and say, oh, they just copied so-and-so. Fresh books, they copied QuickBooks. That was my first thought when I saw the name of that, right. that software, that accounting software company. Um, all of the the frozen yogurt stores that co copied Pinkberry, you know, Yo, Yo Berry, Blissberry, Go Berry. There's so many. One day I just sat down at my computer and I just typed in words before berry or with berry with frozen yogurt after it. And almost everyone I was looking for, Coolberry, Blissberry, wow. they all came up. Um, and that's lazy, right? Yeah. Copycat names are super lazy. Plus, you open yourself up to trademark infringement, and that can be very, very costly if you have to change your name. Mm -hmm. So don't be a copycat. And for sure, you want to trademark screen your name. If anybody needs a trademark attorney, happy to make an introduction to one for you. Uh, my email will be in the show notes. Yeah. Then the, um, the R in Scratch stands for restrictive, and that's when you lock yourself into a name. Example. Example. 
there's an app called Hotel Tonight. And when it started, you could get you could get a hotel that night and they would sell hotels would kind of unload their unused rooms at a discount. Well, like great concept, right? Except Mm. they now let you reserve a room 365 days in advance, which you would never know by the name hotel tonight. Now I think a better name would have been get a room because get a room Mm. is the same. Like, I mean, you know, oh, we need a hotel tonight. I mean, how often does that happen? <laughs> so I thought there was probably some hanky panky going on, which was why <laughs> I thought get a room would be really fun, but get a room also works 365 days yes. in advance. Yeah. So when yeah. you're coming up with your name, look into your crystal ball and make sure that it's going to still serve you down the road. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. It does. Thank you. And then the the A in scratch stands for annoying. And that's when people start to get cute. So they they can either be cute. So spelling their name backwards, you know, X-O-B-N-I. That's a name spelled backwards. But people don't in their head automatically think to spell something backwards. And they don't, they can't easily transcribe it backwards. That's inbox spelled backwards, by the way. Um, I was trying to work it out in my head. Yeah, no, I know. Because you can't. Right. Cause no, I said it, like, and I, but like, it's hard. It's hard for us to just think that we have to write it down and mm-hmm. then even then figure it out. So yeah, spelling something backwards. Serena Williams did that. She spelled the name of her clothing company with Serena spelled backwards. It's like really horsey sounding word, like RNS. <laughs> like that's lazy clever. That's lazy creative, right? Right. And just because something's creative or clever doesn't mean it's a good idea. I mean, it would be creative for me to wear, you know, a striped sock and a polka dot sock to, you know, a business meeting. But is <laughs> is that a good idea? Not necessarily. I guess if, if it's on Zoom, it doesn't matter because <laughs> no one would see. <laughs> but yeah, let, you know, think about things. So yeah, that's a, a huge problem for people. They're, they think, oh, it's creative or it's clever. Doesn't mean it's a good name. So that's annoying. And also another thing with annoying names, often names can be ambiguous. And there's a bra a bra company called Third Love. And I always ask people, what does Third Love mean? And I, I get so many <laughs> funny, funny answers, as you can imagine. But the owner, the founder of the company said that she liked that the name was ambiguous. I, I totally disagree. Nothing mm-hmm. about your business should be ambiguous. Everything mm-hmm. needs to be crystal clear. Otherwise, you're going to turn people off or they're not going to understand. They're going to go to your competitor. So that's annoying. And then the T in scratch stands for tame. And that is when your name is flat, boring, descriptive, a wallflower. Um, you know, here's a, my favorite uh, example for tame is... A, a word for a domain registrar that combines two of the most boring words in the English language into one super tame name. And that is network solutions. Oh God. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, like I'm already falling asleep. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. And, and, the, and <laughs> the second C in scratch stands for curse of knowledge. And that's where you might know the meaning and people on your team or the engineers often engineers are often guilty of this. They know the meaning, the insider meaning, but the customers don't or your prospects don't. 
And think of it as something foreign. Often it is a foreign word with a foreign meaning. Like people don't know that Mazinga, spelled M-Z-I-N-G-A, is loosely based on the Swahili word for hive. Like how would they know that? And you're mm-hmm. not going to be there to explain it to them. That's something that people always forget. Like right. they're, they get so in love with this meaning and like, you know, oh, here's two pages of, of, of the meaning behind it, but that's not going to, where are you going to put that? Um, so, and even if it's on your website, people aren't going to be there at point of purchase to necessarily read it and understand it. You need to be clear. And then finally, the H in scratch stands for hard to pronounce. Your name should be intuitive to pronounce, and it should only be able to be pronounced one way. Here's why. There is a vegetarian, like a green protein that, you know, you put in green drinks and the company is, it's vegetarian protein and it's spelled, or vegetable protein, V-E-G-A. Now, how how would you pronounce that, Jane? Vega. 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 That's so interesting. You said Vega. See, that's the last thing I would think because Vega was like, well, Vega was a spelled car in the 70s. But I would think it would be Vegja, like vegetarian. Well, you see, I knew a pop star in the 80s called Suzanne Vega. That's probably right. (laughs) Right. No, right. So I was thinking it would be Vega. Sorry, I was thinking it would be Vegja Vegja. or Vega, like vegan. Vegan, yeah. But you're right, it's Vega. But the only way I know that is I called the store, I called the business after hours so I could listen to it on their voicemail. (laughs) But you could see, you could be talking about Vega and someone else could be talking about Vega and someone else could be talking about Vegja and not even realize we're all talking about the same thing. So you don't want to dilute your brand with different pronunciations. So that is the smile and scratch house. And it's, you can take it free on our website at eatmywords.com. Just click on test a name. It's interactive. It will walk you through all of the questions for all 12 and it will give you information along the way. And it's, it's just fun. It's fun to do. And then if you take the test, it will, you can put in your email to get your answers emailed to you. And then if you want any more information, just, you know, put a little note to me in there and I'll, I'll give you some more feedback on it. Yeah, that's great, Alexandra. And I just love this process that you've created here. Now, I want to ask you something, because whenever I've thought about names, whether it's for a product or a program or even a brand name, right, I often think, well, I don't want to be too clever because I don't want to come out like a cliche or being too like, I don't know, too something. I'm not sure, but that just makes me feel a bit awkward when I look at it. And I just wonder, you've done so many names and I haven't seen one on your website that would fall into that kind of cliche, it's a bit twee or it's a bit whatever. Do you know what I'm talking about? How do you kind of miss that danger zone of, you know, falling down a well, a bit like a mineshaft really into this cliched, I don't know. I, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I can't do, even I describe do. it. <laughs> yeah, I have an internal compass for that that right. tells me don't go there. But if something feels really forced, like we're really hard on ourselves. Like we don't yeah. just, like good isn't good enough. It's got to be, if there's any danger of it sounding trendy or kind of cheesy, 
Yeah, that's what you. I mean. Yeah, yeah, we we won't do that. Like, like I, I don't use plans a lot. I mean, I might might do a, a like a light twist on a plan, but I, what I prefer to do is like we were naming these uh, beer growlers, which are canisters you fill with drop beer and then you can drink later. And we named it Chuggernaut, like Juggernaut. <laughs> like that's that's fun. That's like a nice twist, like making up a new word. But it's when people start to get too cute. Um, it's often when people get too cute or just too clever for their own good, yeah. where they're just trying to like a lot of times people try to mush too many words together or they're forcing, they're forcing, oh, they're forcing something together and trying to force people to pronounce it. Um, there's this planters nutrition with nuts, but it also looks like nutrition but it's pronounced nutrition like that's that tries too hard like it's not right. quite there right so that that's what I always look for is like is it just too trying too hard yeah and what about for people that have brands that you know are kind of serious I mean is there some space like if they've if they've got I don't know a weighty brand or I don't know. I th- I'm thinking about our audience, particularly like there'll be some people who are trying to change the world. They're looking for inspiration, aspiration, not really humor in that way. Is there still some movement there for them to find a name that really works for them? Yeah, you can still get a brand that moves people. We did one in the UK called Bike for Good. And, you know, that's not necessarily a super fun name, but it was all about being, being, you know, making the world a better place for good and a lot a lot of brands have used that now the yeah. for the for good the in their good, name yeah. so yeah there's a way to make an emotional connection and impact people without being funny but you're just making them feel something yeah yeah I love that I really do I, I mean saw- like dream first makes people feel something yeah. it doesn't necessarily make them laugh but it, it makes them feel it, it connects yeah. with them and it's that inspiration, it's that hope that I think creates that movement. You know, and like we said right at the very beginning, if you can encapsulate the soul of what it is you kind of do and what you take a stand for, then I think that can only be a good thing, that it it almost like prepares people for who you are and what you do before you get there because it's mm. like a presence, isn't there, in the marketplace. So I, I love that. that. Alexandra, I have loved our conversation. So I've just got one final question for you. You know, if there's something you'd hoped we'd get to today, maybe something we didn't cover, or maybe it's just some words of wisdom that you want to leave our audience with, what might it be? Um, I'll tell you something we didn't cover that I think is important for people because so yeah. many people get hung up on a domain name. If you're trying to name something and you can't get an exact match domain name, let's say I couldn't get eatmywords.com, add a modifier word. You know, I could be eat my words branding, eat my words naming, eat my words names. Mm. Just add another word and don't ever let the fact that you can't get a good name that that passes the smile and scratch us that is trademarkable. Don't ever drop that name just because you can't get an exact match domain name. So many domain names are taken. And like for the first 13 years they were in business, Tesla didn't have tesla.com. They were Tesla Motors. Facebook was the Facebook for a long time. Dropbox, get Dropbox. So you can always add a modifier word to get that domain name. No one will think any less of you. Yeah, that's great advice. 
Alexandra, thank you. I have really enjoyed our conversation today. And I know our listeners will feel really inspired to perhaps take another look at their name and their brand and how that contributes to the work that they're doing in the world. So thank you so much, my friend. My pleasure, Jane. Okay, guys, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening in. Now, before we go, I want to remind you that all of the resources and the links for our guests are in the show notes at sacredchangemakers.com. A big thank you to the members of our Soul Business Academy who are our podcast sponsors and our extended community who are helping us to make a global impact aligned with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, all visible on our website. And if you're looking for a little more soul in your life and business, perhaps you have a sense that you too have a calling. Maybe you're here to make a bigger impact or just simply connect with others on your change-making journey. If our episode resonated with you today, I hope you'll consider joining us. Again, you can find out more at sacredchangemakers.com. But for now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your intentions and efforts to make our world a better place. Until next time, lots of love.